Welcome to another episode of Mox Musings, a podcast found at wctv.org slash podcast. I'm Mark and your host on this program. Usually my podcasts include an author interview and then a reading from one of my books. However, this month I am calling out to my audience for beta readers to critique my latest book project called Witches of Wilmington. A beta reader is a person who is well-read and understands the workings of a good novel. I bet you are that person. Why not give it a try? A beta reader reads a draft of a story and then gives a critique of that story, an unbiased opinion. Today, I am calling out to all beta readers. Are you interested in reading my latest story? Can you tell me if the story makes sense? Is it interesting? Is there a hook? Do you want to read more? The story arc has a beginning, middle, and end. Young Jimmy finds a stash of wine bottles containing a pre-1850s hallucinogenic elixir in an old house. He shares the info with friends and thus starts a web of intrigue that involves sex, drugs, gangs, and witches. Efforts are made all along the way to stop the flow of drugs in town, but the epidemic continues and the drugs keep returning. Some characters get saved and others become collateral damage. If you are interested in reading for me as a beta reader, send me your email address and I'll send you a draft of the witch's story. After reading, please send your responses back to me at mail at mockryanbooks.com and try to answer some questions regarding the topics of opening hook, conflict, character development, real dialogue, voice impressions, and story flow. If you would like to see some of my other books, check out my website at mockryanbooks.com. All respondents will get a free ebook from my book collection. Thank you, Mark Ryan. Next is a description of my story draft, which I have written over the past few months. I started last November and have been working on the story on and off, but my efforts have been slow and steady. Recently, I worked on my book, Witches of Wilmington, and I edited 90 pages, 27,000 words, and 31 chapters. The story has to do with the opioid crisis, teens coming of age, bullying, sexuality, Wiccan witches, gangbangers, drug dealers, homelessness, unwanted pregnancy, and pedophilia. It starts off with historical fiction and ends in modern times, depicting the scourge of drugs and the effect it has on the lives of our youngsters. I still have a lot more to tell, but have made some headway today. I separated all the topics into scenes, chapters, with asterisks, and dates and chapter headings. I checked for spelling and grammar corrections 
and is now ready for first impressions from beta readers. The following are some sample readings from chapter 1 and chapter 2. Chapter 1. When they were done with fixing the plaster, Jimmy started cleaning up and removing the drop cloths. A large cloth was draped over the fireplace sconces on the left and right. Pulling a little too hard, the left-hand sconce turned counterclockwise and the wall opened up like a secret door, with the fireplace swinging in. With an astonished look, Tony replied, Well, will you look at that? Jimmy's eyes lit up like he was seeing a horror movie and he said, What the heck? In the excited voice, Jimmy continued, Let's take a look inside, as he pushed on the movable wall. They couldn't see much in the dark as there were no windows and this was an interior room. Tony said, I'm getting a flashlight in the truck. Stay here and don't go inside. There could be loose floorboards and you could fall through. Jimmy responded, Okay, as he looked away and raised his eyebrows. As soon as his father was out of sight, Jimmy slowly peeked into the room and moved forward inch by inch. There were cobwebs everywhere as they caught on his head and arms and gave him the goosebumps. He could see little eyes on the ceiling and along the floor and heard little creatures flitter away. Probably mice or something and not ghosts or goblins, he hoped. He put his hand on the wall to search for a light switch. Sample readings from chapter 2. Tony looked at the clock as it rang out nine bells in the evening. Even though it was a ship's clock and normally ran on 24-hour time, it had been readjusted for regular a.m. and p.m. time. Jimmy said he would be home at nine and it's a school night. This is a fine start to a new father and son relationship. Well, I'll give him a little slack. Maybe he'll be home soon, thought Tony. Tony kept reading along in his collection of history books, picking up more info about the mysterious Hillers. However, it was hard concentrating on the books because he was preoccupied with the clock. As the pendulum swung left and right, the minute hand moved ever so slowly. Each successive half hour seemed to get longer. Should I start calling his friends' houses or give him a few more minutes? Maybe he got hit by a car or got assaulted by a wacko roaming the neighborhood. Tony's mind just kept imagining one more worst scenario after another. Before he realized it, the time had flown by and the ship's clock on the mantle rang out 11 p.m. Jimmy was still not home, although he promised he would be early. Suddenly, Tony heard a loud noise outside and a bang at the door. Tony opened the door and there was Jimmy lying on the front steps. Tony shouted, Oh my God, what happened? But no answer from Jimmy. He was out cold. Evidently, he had found his way home from the woods, stumbling all the way from the end of the street where the woodland path began. Tony imagined all sorts of things now, 
Did he fall and hit his head? Was he attacked? Had he been drugged? Did he take any drugs himself? This wasn't the first time that Jimmy showed symptoms of using drugs. He had smoked pot before and said he just wanted to try it. He told his mother that the kids at school were experimenting but promised he would stay away from it. However, he could never reveal that to his dad. Tony remembered telling his son, stick to the straight and narrow and you won't tumble. Maybe he should have been a little more understanding so that he could understand his son's feelings and the growing pains he was experimenting. After all, Tony was young once and had memories of good and bad tumbles himself. This is my fault, Tony thought. After carrying Jimmy into the house, he lifted him on the living room sofa and put a pillow under his head. Jimmy began to cough and then vomited all over his shirt. Tony rolled Jimmy over and patted him on the back to cough up the rest of the fluid so he wouldn't choke on his own vomit and suffocate. He then picked up the phone and called 911. In a short time, the EMTs arrived and assessed the situation and treated Jimmy for a drug overdose. It looked like Jimmy was having a seizure and suffering from opioid depression. The EMT immediately administered an injection of Narcan, which can counteract an overdose. Within a few minutes, Jimmy's respiration slowed to normal and he was prepared to be transported to the local hospital. Remember, send me your email address at mail at markryanbooks.com and I will send you a draft of the copy of Witches. After reading and answering the critique questions, send your responses back to me at the email address. All respondents will receive one of my ebooks from my book collection. Check out my website at markryanbooks.com. Well, that's it for this episode. See you next time for Mark's Musings. Look for all my episodes at wctv.org slash podcasts. Bye-bye.